started off as a fun Zoom call with all the boys that I couldn't go to, has turned into some super cool, interesting conversations with the guys I thought I knew, and I think we're all getting to know each other just a bit better. Welcome to another episode of Meandering Through Thoughts with the Boys. tweaks what are you tweaking over there oh good just doing some painting and for some extra cash <laughs> what do you mean painting what sort of painting just like painting a house or an apartment your or, apartment uh, jess's nah nah it's not mine just painting uh jess's auntie's or it was jess's grandma's apartment that they rent out okay cool so just painting it for them yeah. Are you going wild with the color scheme or? <laughs> yeah, wild and white. <laughs> wild and white. <laughs> Mass appeal. <laughs> Not any rainbows or anything, unfortunately. <laughs> Come on, man. you gotta put you got to put a little bit of touch in there, a bit of your own touch. Yeah. yeah mass appeal, you know. <laughs> leave, a, leave a blank canvas. Yeah. So, <laughs> mate, tell me what's been happening. What's up? What's going on in the world of Shelby? Dude, uh, you know, much like everyone else in the world, just probably staying in one place longer than I have in a long time. Uh, you know, slowing down with work and just trying to, you know, get back to the simple things, enjoy the simple things as much as possible, try to focus on those and not worry about the all the crazy shit you can't control in the world that's going on. So what are the simple things for you? Uh, you know, it's been nice to let, I mean, my work slowed down quite a bit. I've worked for myself um, and, you know, kind of like a contractor style position, com- or I guess I'm a contractor with bigger companies usually. So we're typically the first ones to get cut in like a recession. So, um, yeah, so my work slowed right down, but which has been, given me a good, you know, nice chance to like spend more time with my daughter, who's uh, about nearly 18 months now. So, it's been quite fun, really, hanging with her and, you know, taking her to the beach a lot and, you know, just to the park and surfing. I can't, not really leaving our suburbs of freshwater, manly, kind of curl-curl area, but just trying to find things to do around those areas. And it's pretty cool with her. You're kind of rediscovering things for the first time, which is, I think, a real joy and fun thing. Cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah. yeah, so I've just been enjoying those things and trying to, be a present dad as much as possible and you know just learn about parenting a bit more which is i mean i don't don't think anyone really knows how to do it so it's just it's cool to discover it i guess for yourself you know i guess that's what you have to do uh well any tips any any parenting 101 tips you have you know feel free to pass them on (laughs) Dude, I don't know. I don't know if they'd come with from me, but you know, it's uh, 
seems like french fries always make her happy and she loves being in the water so i try to do those things as much as possible great i think we'd get along really well down with that <laughs> exactly exactly but uh, hey yeah, i wanted to that, just i wanted to hey. ask you like because yeah. i don't even really know you that well i was thinking about like when i was going to ring you and i'm like yeah kind of know shelby here there and everywhere but like I'm just really interested in hearing um like your story a little bit about you know where you are now obviously we'll get to that stage of of unpacking those things cuz yeah. I think it's super interesting how you're like observing your daughter and like parenting and and keeping yourself stable too or whatever but like so take me back a bit Shelby I'm interested man Yeah What do you want to know well, I just want to know, like, what was it like where you grew up, and then what was that experience like there, and then how did you find yourself coming to Australia? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in southern Orange County, which is like south of L.A., about, what, an hour and a half, well, an hour and a half to three hours, depending on how much traffic you have to sit in. And yeah, it was... Uh, the the area that I grew up in was a fairly new suburb. I guess meaning that it wasn't it didn't really for like official purposes, the suburb didn't really even exist till like around the time I was born. So like I grew up in a place that was like created around the same time I was, which is kind of interesting. Like yeah, everything wow. was new. You know, everything was kind of master planned. There was obviously areas around it that were you know, older and had been there for years and years, but you know, I lived in two houses when I grew, grew up, pretty much one, uh, like I moved into one when I was four. So pretty much in the same house I grew up in, you know, was there the whole, my whole childhood and you know, until I went to university or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was like this weird, looking back on it, it just feels like it was this kind of master planned, perfect, suburb where so everyone a lot of people were in like the same boat you know a lot of young families with young kids kind of new homes that all looked fairly similar but like it was very like easy in some ways like it was safe and pleasant and you know you, know, you could ride your bike everywhere and life was uh not that much of like a threat or anything like that so so it was very like safe and secure and family and friendly and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but cool. it was very like I think as I aged, it kind of felt a bit bland and boring, <laughs> if you will, because there's no like culture to it, right? Okay. Just, like it was new. Yeah. So when was that stage where you were like, okay, come on? Was that when you went to university or? Uh, well, like my so my family didn't really travel that much um like i don't know not some americans travel a lot my family didn't really travel that much when i was a kid like the first we we went like the extent of our traveling as a family was like going back east to toronto canada or buffalo new york to visit like my mom's family and that was pretty much it you know maybe up and around like a few of the states within the u.s but didn't go on an international trip with my family. Like the first time I left the country, other than going to Canada, was like with friends going surfing in Baja. So okay. I think it was like around the time of like in 
high school when I was just like getting a bit itchy for something else. Yeah. Um, to experience something else to, you know, didn't, it's not like I hated where I was from, but I wanted to discover something more. So yeah, trips to Baja was that was that like a, a regular thing or is it just something you were just like come on let's go uh, to Baja and well it's not that far for for us so it was like two hour drive or whatever so mm. I had friends that would go all the time I went a few times with them um, but it was a fairly regular thing like it was it wasn't too hectic to do back you know was it fifteen years ago or whatever um, when we would go so it wasn't as like sketchy as it was as it is now I mean it's still not that bad um, but yeah we. We'd just go down for the day or, you know, camp overnight, eat tacos, surf some fun waves, cool. and I come back. But but a bit of a different world, you know, you drive over the border and it's like a full different world. So Even what though, were the you know, Mexico's fairly familiar. Yeah, right. See I've never been, I've always got this like I don't know, cool image in my head as to what it would be like. It's probably far from the truth though. So what was it like? Yeah. Like the surf and the waves and super fun? Yeah, it's like very like deserty, what, what you guys would probably consider deserty. Um, you know, it, it's it's a bit gnarly, like going through like right when you cross the border, like you pretty much you're crossing into like one of the biggest poorest cities in Mexico, which is Tijuana. Right. And it's just like it's literally built against the border, like against the border wall, pretty much. So it's just like. You go straight into it, so you're just—it's full on, straight into it. Wow. Um, which and Tijuana is pretty like—you don't really want to hang there too much unless you know what you're doing. Okay, you just get into shit probably. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we would just kind of drive through. There's kind of a bit of a highway around it, so you, we would just like drive through, grab a taco, and then like keep mm. going. And mm-hmm. once you once you keep going, it's pretty like pretty cruisy, like just little towns along the coast, um, little fishing villages and, you know, some resort, resorty tourist towns too. Um, but you know, desert, deep green water, you know, kind of reddish, orangish dirt. Mm. So surely, surely, surely you found yourselves in a bit of shit. Surely there's a like, there, there was a time <laughs> where you found yourself in a bit of shit. Come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, not, we, we didn't like, I went to, I, it wasn't that bad. Like we went, I went down there once with, actually went down there once with Ed and Mash. <laughs> it was pretty fun. We went down there and we like camped overnight. I think they got a little sketched out, like driving through Tijuana. And then like, it's weird. Like there's just so many things you could do down there that you can't do like in the US and it's so close. So the fact that you can do it is just weird. Mm. So like we went down and like you could buy these crazy ass fireworks and like you can't get those in the US. Like ones that are like literally would just they like, blow stuff up or yeah. like shoot into the sky and explode. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so like we did shit like that, or uh, like there's pharmacies there, and you just could buy whatever prescription drugs that you want. No <laughs> prescription. <laughs> so, I mean, I wasn't much into that. My friends would always go buy. I had a bunch of friends who would like, you know, try to do pills and shit like that i was never into it but mm. they would buy some and smuggle them back and that's always a little sketchy when they would try to you know shove them in their pants so they didn't get questioned by the border <laughs> patrol guys on the way back to the u.s but just a little yeah, bit I mean, sketchy yeah. Per- 
Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, way, probably way more sketchy doing that now than back then. Right. I think you just get a bit of a slap on the wrist back then, but yeah. now it's kind of like probably wouldn't suggest doing that. But yeah, so, I mean, like everyone's no one really wants to fuck with you down there. I think if you're, and we were like kids, you know, driving shitty cars, surfing, like you don't have anything. No one wants to get you in any shit. Yeah, they're not chasing you. Eh? They're not after you. You're like no, I'm. You got nothing. I mean, if you're showing off. Yeah, if you're showing off, they'll try to like pull you over for a bribe or something like that. But you just gotta know know how it works. It's probably much the same to you know parts of Indonesia or something like that as well. You know, like yeah, yeah. You just gotta know know what motivates people. Oh, that's and have it. that. <laughs> that's it. There's always a way out. There's always a way out somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying exactly. like your friends were never really like your friends were kind of into all that stuff and and you were never really into it, like. Yeah. I'm just interested. Like, I kind of feel like, you know, you're a really sensible person. Now, I don't know you that well, but, like, I'm just curious as to <laughs> as to why, like, when I think about the stuff I used to do and, you know, I'm not crazy or anything, but, you know. Yeah. But you, I just see as, like, a really sensible person. Like, I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> on your reflection, like, why, why is that? Why do you think? I don't no, I mean, I was always like a bit of a, it's weird on like one hand, like I'm a risk taker and then on the other, like I'm quite like, I don't know, conservative in the sense or, you know, just preserved. Um, I don't know, maybe that's because like I felt like if I like didn't get myself in shit, it opened up more opportunities in life, like to do things like I kind of, if I didn't get in trouble, I could do what I want type thing. Cool. So I had that philosophy. I yeah. think that's kind of how my parents raised me. Like they kind of let me do whatever I want as long as I wasn't messing up. So I, I had a lot. I had not like a crazy amount of freedom as a kid, but I had more freedom than most of my friends did. So I think maybe by getting that freedom, I just didn't take it for granted or something. I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's really cool to think about. It's almost like. You know, I reflect on myself and I had periods of time where I was like super strict, super strict family and that yeah. kind of, well, periods of time and sometimes it wasn't so much, but, you know, just as you're talking yeah. about it, I'm like, yeah, I wonder why, like, I was kind of hanging out doing the stuff I was doing it was because it was kind of strict growing up and I wasn't able to do like a lot of things or have a lot of freedom. So you get to that point of... I don't know, 16, 17 or whatever, or even earlier, and you just go, you go nuts and you get a bit carried away and you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I'm really in a exactly. shit now. I mean, I wasn't like, I, I wasn't like perfect either, but like, I think I'd had, I don't know, I tried to have like a good balance. Like, I don't my dad was always like a pretty good example of like, he would, I don't know, he would be like, any of the boys that know my dad would probably agree. He'd be like, yeah, go for it. Like, you know, go do what you want. But like, if, but like you knew if you really fucked up, like you'd be dead kind of thing. Like he, <laughs> like he's super chilled, but like if you, if you like really piss him off, like he'll, he gets a bit gnarly. So right, like, right. I think I had that like in the back of my head, like, okay, like where's the line? And like, I don't want to cross that because that's going to make my life worse in some sense 
but so, at the same time he liked to like make me make my own mistakes like he'd be like my brother and i my brother had like a little go-kart thing as a kid i was like oh my, my brother's name is cory it's like yeah. cory's gonna tow me on on a skateboard and my dad's like all right careful <laughs> and like he knew i was gonna get speed speed wobbles and like eat shit and what, what happened i got speed wobbles ate shit and cut up all over the place right. and he's like yeah well now you know now you know my mom would be like why'd you let them do that and you'd just say well let's go learn somehow <laughs> yeah. i think that's the that's hardest kind of thing i guess yeah for sure like so he knew, he would never really say to you like if you do that, this is going to happen. Or if you make that decision, then you need to think about X, Y, Z. He would never really say that to you. Not really, no. But like, he would still like if I really fucked up, he would get mad. So yeah, you knew it. But right? he never told me what not. Yeah, but he never told me what not to do, or that, or the outcome of that. That's that's super cool to hear, right? Like, because I think that is. Going back to what you were saying about, you know, being a good dad or even like a good person, right? It's yeah. it's the hardest thing to do is to kind of get out of the way and let someone do something without, you know, stepping in. So Yeah. You know, you'd be you'd be kind of feeling that on a different level now. Your daughter at eighteen months and spending this intense time together, it's like you you kind of want to jump in and you want to save them or you want to stop them from doing something, but the hardest thing is to actually go, you know what, okay, just just you need to stop yourself, right? Yeah, you know, you like you go, okay, well, do I stop her? Do I pick her up when you know she's sitting on the sand and a wave's coming in, or do I let like knock her over for a second so she realizes she needs to turn around? Like, you know, obviously there's she's only eighteen months. So I'm not gonna like let anything bad happen to her, but like you kind of, I don't know. I'm of the opinion you kind of have to let them learn to experiencing what could happen a little bit yeah knowing you're just like in arm's reach or you know a couple of steps away there's um yeah it's not like they're gonna get swept out right and if they do you'll probably jump in and get them anyway (laughs) (laughs) exactly 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 maybe they maybe they did then you could play hero dad right yeah exactly that saves them and you're always the hero for life that's right remember that you wouldn't remember when you were young but when you were 18 months and but in reality was that you were being a, like a real shit in the morning time, and you like got me to my tether. So I was like, I saw a wave coming, so I just let you get hammered for a while, and and then I played yeah. the hero dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you always thought I was would save you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's true. When you're saying about like making, you know, trying, I don't know, not trying not to, but just making that kind of like your philosophy on if you didn't do, you know, bad shit or whatever that would open up you know, easier opportunities or like different opportunities for you? Like how did that how did that kind of come about that um you made those connections, you think? Uh well like at at a youngish age not youngish age, but like when I was in high school, I got the opportunity to go on like a couple pretty cool surf surf slash you know kind of bodyboard trips with some guys that were older than me just that i met through doing some competitions and things like that and i I don't know i just felt like if i got good grades wasn't an asshole you know kind of helped out around the house my parents would be like okay like you deserve to go do this and i don't know if that was just 
me being hopeful or drawing a false connection or what, but it seemed to work because I really got to do a lot of the things, like a lot of the opportunities, opportunities that presented themselves to me, like when I was fairly young, like I got to do, which was cool, I guess. I, I don't know. My, a lot of my friends didn't get to do similar things, and I don't know if that was why, but it was kind of my philosophy, I guess, of why I would just try to be okay. <laughs> but I wasn't like a perfect person either. No, I get the I get the principles of what you're saying. I think it's really cool. Like it's um it's really interesting to think about. So then when you so when you went to university, what did you do at uni? How was that? Uh so I what I did was so a lot of people in the US go away for university. They like have to I I'm not surprised like a lot of people have like you know, strict parents or like strict schooling and that's pretty full on. And then they go away to university. There's a big culture of that. Like, it's not like in Australia where a lot of people still live at home when they're at uni. Right. Um, but I didn't do that. Um, I wanted to go to, well, I originally wanted to go to art school and I did. Um, and I kind of took like some uni classes on the side to like get into art school because it wasn't your typical like you go there straight out of high school type thing type place but like luckily i got in and i went to this art school that was in la um but i commuted there a few days a week um and so i went there for photography i did that for a couple of two years or something like that um but then i changed my mind <laughs> i guess like we all do when you start to figure yourself out a bit yeah. i just it was very it was like a very art school um and i just like i got good grades and i was like doing well but like i just wasn't ready to entertain that kind of fluff that accompanies art school there was just a lot of I don't know. It was, it was a big stretch. Like a lot of people's work I thought was pretty average. And there wasn't, to me, there wasn't a connection between hard work and good work. Okay. It was just like if you could rush, if you could justify what you did, then it was good enough, type right. thing. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people, I think, taking advantage of that. You know, like mm -hmm. I personally tried to do projects that were ambitious and technically hard and, you know, time consuming and, you know, well-researched and things like that. And then when I would see someone do a project that was like, oh, this is what I did after I woke up. This is a photo series on that. And I was like, come on, like, really? Like, the same amount of... I didn't see people putting in a similar amount of effort, and I was kind of disheartened by that. Yeah. And so I switched, I switched to a, another uni that was a little more commercially focused, business focused I guess and did a like a commercial arts degree there so it was like a bit less art but more like this is how you apply it and like I guess you need to be good at the creative side of things but there's also like a business side of it too that you should understand okay so like a project-based kind of marketing type thing or uh, yeah it was like an advertising and film degree so, like, you learned a lot of the technical stuff, but you, like, learned how to connect it to, like, a commercial purpose rather than just, like, an artistic purpose. 
which is the artistic purpose is usually just your reasoning for doing it. I was like, this was more focused on like commercial arts. It's like advertising, marketing world, I guess, if you will. Yeah. So you went from like a, a super, um, I don't know, what would you say, like narrow focus to a really broad perspective, but pretty much applying the same things that you've been doing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I, th- I think experiencing both was, in the end, good for me. Um, because a lot of the people that I work with either had one or the other. So, and you're at, I think it's a good to have a bit of that balance. Totally. It's important to like fight for the, fight for the art, but it's important to like understand like who's paying you at the end of the day too. Well, exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how to live off of it. Yeah. I think it's like so. my, my own personal belief on, on situations like that. It's like you got to do stuff for a while, however long it is, to realize that that's not what you want to do. But like, it's not like the totally. two years is a waste. It's like, okay, you get all these skills and you realize, you know, individuals can be like this and then you can interpret it like that. And, you know, those things that you're reflecting on and saying how, you know, the depth um, or scope that you were, you were working at and seeing that's kind of like a narrow, too narrow a focus for you. So it's like, until you had that yeah. experience, it's like, okay, cool. I understand what I don't want to do now, but I understand how I can apply it in different ways. So that's really cool to kind of reflect on. And then from uni, yeah. did you then go straight into work and work for yourself or an organization? Or uh, So I kind of, I was where a lot of kids like will just go away to uni and like live the full uni experience that you see in movies and stuff like that. Um, I kind of worked through uni, so I was trying. At that stage, I really wanted to do like commercial photography, and I was act- actively doing that through through uni, while also like working at a surf shop part time as well, just to like make some extra cash. Yeah. So I was like trying to build my own business while also learning about how to do so. So, like you said, like learning through doing, which is, I mean, I always found most useful and important. Um, so it was kind of cool because I got to like test things I was learning in uni, like on like real projects and clients and stuff like that, that I was trying to get while I was growing a business. Sure. And what uh, was the business? Yeah. I was just like a photography business. So like it was, I was my own freelance photographer, kind of specializing in a bit of lifestyle stuff, but mainly like architecture, interiors, um, and a bit of product stuff, whatever I could get my hands on, really, to be honest. So then how did you get into that? Because I'm starting to realize you're like you're a serious entrepreneur, dude. So, <laughs> well, I've got, I've got different thoughts uh, about entrepreneurship, but um, how, did yeah. you, how did you like initially get into that? I'm assuming it was just like your own grit and you kind of just going out there and doing it, but I'm interested in, in how you first kind of got the ball rolling with that. Uh, it's just meeting people that would give you the chance. I like met this dude that owned a little agency, a little like creative advertising agency in my hometown and, uh, met him through like a friend basically just like asked for a chance to like do something. I was like, it was like shooting some photos of like some hockey skates or something like that, like some ice hockey skates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a, he had, like this ice, ice hockey client or something like that. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I just, said like give me a shot like i have a cool i pitched him like an interesting idea 
or at least what I thought was an interesting idea. And uh, I was like, if you don't like it, you don't have to paint kind of thing. Yeah. And he liked it. And so it kind of just rolled on from there. Um, That's super cool, man. I guess true. That's super cool because I think, you know, when I was, when I got to this age of like working and then even before, cause I went to uni at like 24, 20, yeah, 24. Um, before that, I was always like relying on other people to, you know, give me a job or find work or, um, rather than going out and having some serious initiative, like what you're saying. And I think that's like, they're big steps, man, like early on in, um, whether it's your working life or, or however however old you are, they're big steps to kind of go out and say, yeah, give me a shot, don't pay me anything. But, you know, that takes some serious courage to initially do it or, or some serious drive at least, right? So I think that's really cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I guess, if like, reflecting back as a kid, like, I, I always liked, like, trying things and making things and experimenting, like, just, just the kind of person I am. Like, I like to just... I don't know. Like I enjoy trying to do stuff like rather than just research it. You yep. know, some people like get stuck in research. I like to just like attempt a bit yep. more. Um, and I don't know, I guess it's just, it's just part of how I grew up or what I like to do. Yeah. Well, I guess it's just you, right? Um, yeah. that's just you kind of having a good understanding of yourself and how you operate, how you work. Um, how you see opportunities or how you make connections and just kind of, you know, from an outside perspective, like an unwillingness just to kind of accept things as they are. It's like you've got to go out, you've got to, um, you know, it's not only initiative, but it's also drive and like your aspirations as to what you want to do and how you know you, you kind of work best creatively and inspirationally. So that's my thoughts on it anyway. Yeah. Because you're still kind yeah, of doing totally. that, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So now I just do that. Like, like it's a long story short. Like I spent years doing the photography stuff, and then eventually I wanted to get into the. So in advertising, there's someone who like thinks of the ideas that the photographer, whoever, like ends up making. And so I wanted to like think of those ideas. Mm-hmm. So I got into like the advertising world, and I did that for quite a while actually, and. Uh, ultimately, like, craved freedom again, I guess. Like, I didn't like working for a giant company. Right. Didn't do well with the politics and, like, the games and all that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I liked, I liked the work. And I did, you know, I thought I did okay with the work. But, like, I didn't want to play the other games. And so I with another guy that I worked with who had a similar philosophy, we decided, okay, well, what if we just like, they're always going to need us, these companies, because we do their most, we do the hard work for them. Uh, so let's just start our own company that just focuses on doing the work and doesn't play all the games and politics and all the other stuff that we don't like doing. Totally. Um, and yeah, so, so now we kind of just, I guess, outsource our services to other companies that need help with that. Um, and that's based but, like you knows. said earlier. Like you said earlier, uh, I think I'm kind of nearing one of those stages of like having tried it for a while now. I'm it's not totally fulfilling and exactly what I want to be doing. 
<laughs> yeah, I got you. Interesting journey to go through, you know? Yeah. And you know what it is? This is what's so interesting in just having conversations with all the boys and, um, you know, just so many conversations I'm having outside of this over here in Bali and, and you know, even a few um, touch base international people and what they're going through. And, and it's like, it is what it is for you. Some people really want to just have that steady sailing ship, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no. But what I think what what I find is what's wrong is if, you know, you've come to this stage and you're like, mm, kind of getting bored, I'm getting a bit antsy, like I need to move, I need to change, I need to do something else. I think that's the point yeah. of um, where you go. Are you really, you know, because you, you realize you're the type of person that needs to change, that needs to adapt, you know, take away all this coronavirus stuff anyway, regardless of that. It's like you, you yeah. come across these cycles in your life where you come into an organization, you're doing the creative work, you realize the politics actually just weighs you down. It's actually time-wasting and all these meetings and stuff is just not productive. Um, so you make a decision yeah. to kind of go out and just do the creative work and just be free of all that stuff. But then again, you come across to a time where you're like, well, okay, I'm kind of doing it, it's happening, but something else is kind of speaking to me. Um, I need to kind of reinvent myself yeah. again. Like, here we go. Here comes the cycle again, right? Exactly. It's like, I mean, to me, I think the coronavirus stuff has been the catalyst for change for me. It's like, like, sure, like, you know, I was making all right money for a little while and like, you know, I had pretty good freedom and a pretty good work-life balance, like working from, you know, work from home pretty much most of the time and make my own schedule and I could work at night if I want to or whatever. Um, but like now that that work is sort of dried up, not totally, but a lot of it kind of like, uh, I don't even, re and now I'm fighting for some to get some because, you know, kind of have to hustle these days. Yeah. I'm kind of just kind of, Oh, I don't even really like it that much. Like, what am I doing? What is like, is this really what I want to be doing for the next However many years, I don't. I don't think so. Mm. so. And I think it took stopping to realize that. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's it just compounds everything, doesn't it? So, um, so what are you? What are your initial thoughts? Are you kind of still sitting in that phase of uncertainty and just kind of feeling it out? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm. Well, I, I guess the my internal struggle at the moment is like, which is ironic given like I left the more artistic world, is that like commercial creativity is just like not my, it's not very rewarding. Like you're getting paid to make, you're kind of getting paid to like make stuff that other, for other people at the end of the day. So it's ultimately theirs. Yeah. But and they're asking you for your point of view. They're asking you for your ideas. You know what? They're basically asking you what to do. Mm. But at the same time, they're the ones that decide if it's good or not. Mm. So yeah. you're kind of your hands are tied behind your back a little bit. It, it is you know you give them you give them an idea and something a recommendation and like hey this is what I think you should do and they you know and they come back going. Mm, I don't think that's right. Like it doesn't answer this, this, and this, even though you might've thought about that and have a good answer. Yeah. Kind of go, Ugh, like, aren't you asking me like what you think? Like you're asking me, 
yeah. what you think you should do. Yeah. But you're asking me what I think. Yeah. You know, that's that's the whole point of this. Like, you don't have to ask me. Like, if you don't want my opinion, then cool. But like, if I'm going to give it to you, I'd hope that you listen. Yeah. Um, that's so, really interesting. It, it's a bit fruitless. Yeah. It's a bit fruitless at times. Hey, I just noticed sure, you got low like, battery on your phone. So, is it going to cut out, man? Do I? Let me see. It just came mm-hmm. up. Maybe I'll. Do you want to switch to audio? Just, um, yeah, let's switch to audio. Okay. Let's fix that. All right. Just turn your video off then. Um, Does that work? Yeah, cool. Cool. So I think that's really interesting though because I mean you look at the psychology behind that and you see people that are either overworked or even not qualified to or don't have the you know creative capacity to come up with initial ideas. So you need starters yeah. like people like yourself to come up with it. But then all of a sudden the 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 result of what you you create comes back to the collective or an individual and then they say, well, actually, that's not what I think it is or not what I think it should be or this should be changed or that should be changed. And you go, you question those things, right? But then when you realize the psychology behind it, you go, okay, sure, you know, I understand you can't start, so you need a starter. But then it's in, it's in. I think it's, I think what's really challenging there, I think the point of where, uh, someone or an organization is is questioning things as to how they go about questioning things like what you 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 briefly said you know you may have thought about it and you have your you've you've reflected on your response but it didn't sound like you're getting an opportunity to actually verbalize that response for them to have an understanding so i think that interaction of like the sharing is really interesting to think because you know, maybe you've come across people before who are a little bit more open and want to hear your perspective and want to hear like your reasoning behind doing the way you've done things. And then you come across yeah. people who actually don't want to hear a barber and then all of a sudden they become the, the professional and the, you know, the director behind things and they know the vision and they know what you need to fix. So I think that interaction yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely a challenge at times for sure. And, and you get like, you know, you get the classic scenario of, you know, I think you kind of have to like hold yourself back a little bit because these people ask to be, you know, these clients or whoever, like they ask, they ask you to push them, you know, they say, you know, scare me, you know, push right. me, show me something I haven't seen or whatever. And you go, really? Okay. So what you, you really want that? I'll do it. Like yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You're and asking. Then, and then you do it and they're like, and they're like, whoa, whoa. And your idea of, you know, I guess it was like someone who does this every day or whatever. Your idea of scaring them is way different than what their idea of being scared is, kind of thing. Exactly, so, exactly. And, and you, you know, you free yourself up to like, okay, well, let's let me not be constrained by reality, their reality, so much, so I could kind of show them something new and different. But yeah, I guess I always try to remember that they come back to their own reality and they have to live that. And I guess you're dealing with multiple different, you're dealing with multiple different kind of companies, businesses. Yeah, like all over the world, you know, all over sizes, types, industries, you know, and you have some people 
that are really good and know their job and you have some people that kind of outsource their part of the job to you even though it's not your job to solve to do that part mm. that makes sense yeah yeah i get you i don't want to do but, the work right like they ask they, well they try yeah exactly i mean i think why i got out of the industry to start with is like a lot of people don't want to do the work <laughs> to to get it there and like it's not just like me like it's not just my job to get to the work and do a good job at it like there's a lot of people that have to do their job well to make whatever it is good yeah totally and then you realize it comes down to the individuals doesn't it you know all these businesses may have different um, different angles or different visions or a different message to tell or share but then ultimately it comes back to that particular individual that you're dealing with or that collective that you're dealing with as to whether or not you know that thing of fear or you pushing, you know, you're wanting to shock them and they're asking you to do that. And then it comes back as and in, how that individual reacts to, to that. Whereas, you know, perhaps it's something that would push the boundaries of, of that particular business or particular um, angle, you know. But the individual stops it from, from coming, you know, coming into light or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and it's, I guess that the other thing that I... Like, you go ahead. I think that just gets frustrating, right? Like I can hear even like feel it in myself as to how frustrating that must get when you, you know, you put, you, you have free reign almost, but then it comes back and then it's like, okay, well, I don't actually know where I stand anymore. And, you know, do you actually want me to do it anymore? Or is this still happening? And you're confusing me now. You're saying one thing and I've acted upon that. And now you're kind of backtracking again. So you realize that totally i don't know you realize that that confusion that you kind of feel is not actually yours it's it's them being confused as to what they really want from you because they haven't thought about it right exactly yeah that's exactly it they don't they haven't put enough thought into what they want or need or mm. you know desire or whatever it is and they outsource the problem to you even they're part of the problem and but unless they figure that out on their own can't really solve it for them so i mean you obviously love what you do and you're obviously epic at what you do so you know what do you what would your ideal be behind moving forward with this uh i mean i don't know if i love it anymore that's the that's the thing that i'm just grappling with it's like what do you mean by it? Day, like the domain what do you mean by it like everything or just certain parts of it well like at the end of the day like i, I work in advertising which i don't like, does anyone really like advertising? Like, it's, you know, it's not like, it's not something that really, I guess it can, but like, it doesn't really add that much good to the world. It doesn't do that much good. It's not very, it's, I don't know. Like, to me, I, I feel like when I get most frustrated, I'm like, oh, like, why am I even, like, I'm getting all up, I, I have to check myself. I'm like, I'm getting upset about advertising. Like, who really gives a shit about advertising? Nobody. So, oh, well, I don't know. I think that's like, like an, that's like a, I have a different perspective, right? Because I'm not in it. Um, but you're, yeah. you've been in it for, for so long, right? Like my, maybe I can just share my perspective on that because I think it's an, coming into a really interesting space. Um, so with the, with the green school, I was working closely with their global head of marketing 
And she's a woman yep. that's come from, you know, we're talking like Coca-Cola, big, like massive global companies. Um, and she's doing the yeah. whole global green school movement. And I also had a conversation with this, um, that podcast I did recently with um, this Mimi Nicklin, who's based in Dubai. She has a head of, she's like the CEO of a marketing agency. Um, oh, cool. And these people are really going deep with their stories, their whole thing, uh, their whole angle of of advertising and marketing is taking a, a super personalized approach. Like I know this um, yeah. this woman from the global head of marketing for Green School International, you know, her and I were working really closely together and we were developing storylines as to how we would connect um, the learning experiences through the eyes of the kids, through the eyes of the teachers, through the eyes of parents, um, as to how... Yeah. They are, they are authentically, like in real time, feeding back the stories across all their platforms. You know, I wrote like, yeah, cool. I wrote this article about this. Um, we did a whole like rice cycle with the grade five kids over 12 weeks. And I, I wrote an article and we had images. And that was all like the story was created, the advertising, the marketing was created around real, true, authentic, like live stories. So, as it was happening, I'd feed it back and then they'd just like front load things and then and kind of ship it out as it's happening. Um, and that's kind of like her mindset, which has changed over time. And I, I'm guessing like, you know, she's had decades of experience. And her mindset of advertising and marketing has completely changed to like, okay, this is like, you know, product-based, um, you know, mind-numbing stuff. We're just kind of trying to convince her and... Um, insult people's intelligences about they should buy our product um, more towards yeah. you know appealing to the uh, I guess you know emotional side of things or um, you know the more sensory type things as to how they they tell it really storytelling right and, and inviting people into a, a live living and breathing story so I don't know I think yeah. you know your perspective on, on on marketing is obviously a lot deeper than mine but it's kind of like an inside-out perspective, whereas I have a total outside perspective, no un no real understanding as to the inner workings. But I just saw this shift yeah. in, in this woman and this person I talked to in Dubai, and they're all about just telling like super authentic stories um, and even going to the form of like organizations and individuals and how they relate to each other. Um, so yeah. I think it's, yeah, no, I don't I, know. It's I, interesting. I, I definitely am. A believer in that type of advertising that's the kind that like I've always done like I've always I don't really like this word but like I've always been on the side of like rather than retail advertising I've been more focused on like content advertising yeah so like a lot of the stuff I've worked on is like a, like you said a story yeah stemming from something that's true and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff and yeah like I I still I like the story side of it for sure. I guess what I don't like anymore is the battle to get there. You know, I'm, I guess I'm a bit drained of the battle to get to those stories. Whereas I'd rather, I don't know, maybe it's taking me back more to like the photography and film world that I was interested in or, or what, but like, I want to get back to the story more, you know, I don't want to be fighting with someone about why it's right as much as I want to be telling it. Yeah. Yeah. Or cool. Helping tell it. Cool. So, so it's kind of like a re... That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a re-evolution of like the stuff you experienced in the past and like uni, early art school days, 
of um yeah being able to just kind of circle. yeah yeah well that's that's the cycle man um yeah. oh, i think it's a super interesting space for you then obviously you know it doesn't it comes with challenges as well with you um you know and the work life that you've kind of created for yourself entrepreneur entrepreneurial um person that you are having to then you know sustain sustain yourself through this time as you said you know with the family and so yeah it's super reflection time hey <laughs> massive reflection time but yeah i don't know that's what i'm grappling with but at the same time you know, i want to give I think a lot of the stuff I've been doing has not really been for the greater good. I want to get back to that a little bit and like try to, I don't know, try to help other people who need help. And it's like just can try to be a good person in the world as well. Could all do with a bit more of that. Oh, totally, man. Absolutely. Um, have you talked to Ed and Hado about like what they've been thinking about recently? I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but I don't even know if they've thought any more <laughs> about it, but. Yeah, it's interesting in the conversations, yeah. you know, we had Hado's podcast, which I'm going to say it again, massive letdown. This guy was so reserved. <laughs> God, oh, are you I kidding know. me? I'm he, like, was, is he was so reserved. I don't even, actually, I don't even know if it was him. I have to remember if I video called him, and I'm pretty sure I called someone else called Hayden Smith because it wasn't the Hado <laughs> we know. Anyway, just putting that in there, Hado. Shout out. Around two. Yeah, Either shout out to Hado. Shout out to Hayden Smith. Um, God, it brings this guy. Anyway, enough about him. Um, uh, why was I saying that? I was saying that because I talked to him after it. Um, I talked to him after his phone call and he was kind of reflecting on how boring he was. Um, and I'm <laughs> really laying it on thick. Eh? It's so good. You can slander people and they're not even here and you can laugh about it and they can't do anything about it. They're just going to listen to it and just go like, oh, I can't say anything. I can't defend myself. Um, okay, awesome. focus. He was saying how he was talking to Ed. Uh, he just had a conversation with Ed and I think, you know, everyone is obviously in a similar space. I'm not the same space, but a similar space of, like, I guess, introspection. Um, and he was like, I don't know. We just feel like, you know, we could do something and... Now I'm talking to you and I'm like, man, I'm having a better understanding as to what you do because this is also um, part of this process that I'm, I'm like grateful for is that, you know, I can have this conversation with you and I actually have a better understanding as to who you are. Whereas before it's just kind of like catch up every now and then, maybe go for a surf, maybe go on a trip together, but yeah. never really had time to actually hear and share, um, you know, in this depth, you know. 50 minutes we've been going and yeah. I've learned more about you in 50 minutes than however many years when we first kind of met each other. That's just crazy, man. Um, Classic dude relationships. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That's it. And I, you know what I actually did last night? I actually made a little podcast intro, which I'm going to put on Sammy's one when I put it out. And that would already Sweet. be out once this one goes out. And I don't know, just to make it a bit more fun, you know. Um, yeah. So... I don't know, it's just interesting. It'll be interesting to have a conversation because when you think about all the skill sets of the boys um, as to what they do and all the experiences they have and Ed and then Hado and, and everyone else, it's like, wow, yeah. imagine like, I don't know, this is kind of dreamy and lofty, but imagine like a little, just some sort of side project and it doesn't have to be the the money maker or the, or the you know, the, the sole income, you know. It's just like a passion yeah. project about... Um, you know, going along the lines of what you were saying and 
and just kind of bring brings a bit totally. more life to whatever your your monotony or however you feel about the current situation in your job and just going like yeah let's just work let's put our creative energy into something something new but together yeah oh i'm i'm so for that it's like i mean i even i sometimes regret that we did it at such a young age but like ed and pitsy and yeah. myself when we were when we were like 19 or whatever we tried to do that jet lag mag thing jet lag jet lag and, and like that was yeah that was sick <laughs> and, and like if only it, if only we knew what we knew now when we were doing that like we would have like I, I i stoked we did it but i'm like fuck if we did that now like we could have we could have been so much more successful at it okay there's something happening now okay this is what's been happening recently that the if you use when you say if only we did that now it's like well when I when I teach the kids in grade five, they go into what if land. I call it what if land. Like, what if, hey Pete, yeah. what if we did this and what if that happens and what if this happens? I'm like, yeah, let's go to what if land. Let's just put it out there and like, yeah. let's talk for half an hour about the what yeah. ifs. And they're kind of infinite, right? Yeah. They never yeah. stop. You can go to what if land yeah, totally. and you can be in. It's just like a a space it can be a super cool space or it can be a super overwhelming space. It depends on how you look at it. Um, so when you totally. say if, it's like, wow, there's already uh, some sort of intention um, behind that. And I think, yeah. you know, when you say looking back, if only you knew ages ago that uh, it's like an opportunity, it's like, well, that's kind of cool as like a preparation for all the things you've done and maybe you will do as well. That's like a reference point of saying, oh, wow, you know, that was such a cool idea. And even visually, I remember seeing like the colors and the fonts and the, and the, the format of it. Like and I can see it all now of how cool that was. Like it was super crisp. Um, and imagine applying. And that was however, how long ago was that, man? Uh, that was, when was that? I was, 19 so that was nearly 14 15 years ago come on and so i mean 15 years ago and that was anyway they're my reflections and impressions on it and and imagine just kind of like running a little side project of and whatever whatever it has its own momentum or it doesn't have its own momentum but at least you're kind of putting you're putting something out there you're turning the what ifs into you know What's 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 an action of what if we? I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of lost for words on that. But why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> what if? Yeah, why exactly. not? So there goes what? Yeah. If, maybe it's a sequence. Well, it's what if? Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it was it was just like to me, it was just a very fond experience. Um, and Ed talked about this in his podcast a bit about like you spend so much of your time working. I think you, you know, I think you said like you might as well be doing something you enjoy and also like with people that you enjoy as well. Like that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Just to be able to like work with people that you like and you could learn from. Like, and who's who better than your friends to do that? Yep, big believer of that, and also having some big, you know, realizations through these conversations that you can actually make things happen. But what happens is then you know the little voice goes like, oh yeah, what are you going to do and What's the possibilities? And then, you know, whatever belief systems or mindsets you have as an individual go, oh, yeah, well, there's so much stuff out there already and it's like saturated. Um, so the market's saturated. So, you know, it's just another thing to kind of, uh, you know, all this kind of self-chatter. But when you actually yeah. 
have these cool ideas and then you realize you're not alone in those ideas and you come with like what you said to do it with a bunch of friends that like have such a cool foundational relationship with each other but actually really amazing like creative people with cool skill sets and you put that all together into those ideas into action then man that's like you never know what's going to come of that yeah yeah no i agree I agree. I, I mean, yeah, like you said, you could get stuck in that world of of, uh, of fear and failure all the time, but you got to just try. And that's, I think it's just getting your brain in the right headspace to try that matter. You know, that's yeah. what you have to do. Well, that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Try to try to get my brain in the right space. Yes, and I think you know, getting your brain in the right space is definitely the first part of you know, it's the first step. But then, like in verbalizing it, there's something in verbalizing it, man. Like this whole podcast thing is a real tripped-out space, because um, if you very rarely have a chance to go back in your conversations with people, right? Like if if I was yeah. to, if I was to say to you, I remember talking about this thing, and then you know, all of a sudden these memories start to come back. Um, but when you have it in like a really focused, there's a jackhammer. When you have it in a really focused way, like a, a voice recording with you and and another person, it's like there's real intention yeah. behind the words you're saying, and there's real curiosity, and there's real like humility, and there's real like a this kind of wondering the possibilities that happens. Um, but then it's interesting to go yeah. like this podcast I did with this guy initially months ago now, maybe back in Feb or March, uh, maybe it's February. All of a sudden, those things are kind of happening. And those things that I said, I'm actually doing. And, you know, all these things I said like years and years ago that I want to have my own, I want to start my own school. All of a sudden, I'm starting my own school. Um, so there's like this, I don't know, it's like, I it gets a bit philosophical and, and out there, but I don't mind that. That's it's like <laughs> manifestation, right? When you actually, you don't just go on this superficial level of saying like, oh, I'm going to do this and that. It's like real intention behind what you're saying. And then like you know, yeah. you know yourself and how much grit and determination you have to have to get to make these connections and do the work that you do to work for yourself. Like you have a good understanding of that. Um, it's yeah. just interesting when you when you go back in your, your reference points about, you know, jet lag magazine back 15 years ago and all of a sudden we're in kind of space of questioning you know what is it what is what is something that we could perhaps do together or what's a different step forward for you um you know in your professional working life and, and home life as well because you kind of melt melts the two together eh? yeah try to at least i think i don't i mean i guess with i the way i prefer to work is like rather than just going to an office every day for a set amount of time and leaving at the same time. Like I prefer to like, if I have something important to do, it's like really, you know, to really like just be into it. And then if I'm not like to not at all either, you know, like, a, like I like to be all in, like kind of all or nothing. Yeah. I like to be deep in it or not. Mm. I don't, I don't care for like the kind of just, the half in and out type stuff. It doesn't, no, I don't know, it doesn't totally doesn't totally work for me. <laughs> no, totally because you realize time is super important. 
you realize, you know, totally. you're a father now, you have an 18-month-old and your time is so important. So, you know what, I can't sit in this meeting for an hour and a half and listen to you people with your politics. It's like, no. Um, or I can't, yeah. you know, work on this superficial level because it's actually not inspiring me and then therefore, you know, I'm not going to be as inspiring a father or an, as an inspiring a husband or um, an, inspire, yeah. an inspired individual. So, I totally get it, man. It's like... Honoring, yeah. honoring time and actually putting your, your, your good intentions behind making the most out of what is really our limited time, right? I don't know. How, how old are you now? Uh, I'm, I'm 30. I've just turned 37. I'm uh, nearly 34. Yeah. So, I mean, like, come on, man. 34. Yeah, like crazy. 15 years ago, jet lag was happening. 15 years has gone in a blink of an eye and you're here now. I'm 37. And it's totally. like Time is finite, man. You've got to, you know, I, I'm all for using the most out of time, which is why, you know, super hard finding time together, right? Like, you know, you and I were back yeah. and forth. Like, what about this day? What about that day? Yeah. yeah, that works. Oh, sorry, can't do it. No, I can't do it. Like, that's also yeah. the reality of, of this time as well and what we're doing in, in this phase of our lives. You've got priorities, man, and you've got you to commit totally. to those priorities. But, you know, it doesn't mean... Oh. I think that's the catch, right? When you when you don't actually commit to something, when you kind of do it half-heartedly or you don't you're not really feeling it, um, then it doesn't become something that you you are really important about. You might say it, but really in reality you're like, oh yeah, I'll just talk to Pete whenever you know whatever whenever that happens. <laughs> but the fact that we were kind of going yeah, to to totally yeah, the fact we were going back I and mean, forth. Time, time is such a yeah. Time is such a crazy. A crazy thing I and mean, in so many ways right like it's like you grapple with losing it but you that's all you can do right you can only spend time you can't get it back what's that i think there's like a famous quote it's like time i think it was in like that uh there's this i don't know if you've read it but like you know the the tao de ching the like famous philosophy book yes there's like a rend there's a rendition done by I forget his name, but it's called the Tao of Pooh. It's basically Tao De, Tao De Ching explained to Winnie the Pooh, okay. and and they talk they talk about like how so he's basically dumbing it down for Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he talks about how like time is only something you could you can't save time. You can only spend it. Yes. Yeah. But you can but you have to spend it wisely. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a crazy thing, and I think it's a it's weird like becoming a father you don't realize like i always talk to friends about, like what do we do before we had kids like it's had so much free time on our hands like it's crazy it is but crazy. you can still adjust your life <laughs> you it can is. still adjust your life to like do yeah. the things that you want and achieve the things you want as well even though you do have kids it's a weird space right it really is a strange space isn't it because you you know i remember asking that question a lot of the time what did what did you used to do with time Seriously, and like, yeah. yeah, it's such an interesting, interesting thing to think about. But it's also like you can only spend a finite amount of time thinking about it, and all of a sudden it's gone. So it's like, okay, thinking's one thing, and then <laughs> acting is like the yeah. next. So let's just go, and nothing's going to be perfect. Yeah. And, and you know, there's going to be things happen and change, and hardships, and maybe bad decisions or whatever. But it's like, okay, then shift your focus and then move on. Um, yeah. It's only your mindset, totally. right? It's totally. your mindset as if something's hard or difficult or whatever. Oh, man. I 
totally believe that. Like, I, I, you know, I did that paddle race thing a few years ago. Yeah. Last two years ago in Hawaii or whatever. Like, oh, your man, mind yeah. could tell, tell you all sorts of crazy shit and also allow you to do all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. That, that first time I did that race, like, the mental battles that I went through with myself, I'd never, that was like an enlightening experience. I never felt anything like that, I think, until, and I don't think it's possible. I don't, I don't know, maybe some people can, like, through other means, but, like, the exhaustion and, like, the wanting to quit. And then, like, I mean, like, for example, I was probably, like, five hours in for, like, an eight-hour race. Five and a half hours in, I was, like, dying. I was, like, I don't know if I could keep doing this anymore. Wow. But then, like, you're eight hours, you know, you're nearly at the end, or you're, like, seven hours in, and you go... You're, you're going harder than you were four hours ago. And you're just like, what, how is that possible? How, how can, how can your body and mind be so ready to quit? But then four hours later, you're still, you're going harder and you feel better. Like you get through these, I don't know, like you climb through these barriers or walls in your mind. And like, you literally have to tell yourself over and over and over again to just like, no, you're not quitting. Like you, you're fine. You're good. And then your body responds to that. It's really wow. crazy what your mind's capable of doing to your body. That's that's such a cool reflection, man. That's really awesome. Uh, and then you realize when you push through these. Now, I've never personally, I've never experienced physical pain like you have experienced by the sounds of it. But we all have in different ways. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even like psychologically, right? Take away the physical for a moment, but psychologically, it's like once you push through those barriers, like once you really, you prove to your own mind that you've pushed through that, like what you said in reflecting that, you know, five and a half hours you wanted to quit, seven hours you're pushing harder than what you were a few hours ago. It's like how, how can that physically be possible, even physiologically be possible, right? But anyway, you did yeah. and you did it. And you realize then, I don't know, I, I feel like these, they're like thresholds, right? You say they're, they're barriers and it's kind of the same thing, but you're pulling, pulling away yeah. these thresholds. And then in your everyday life, for me personally, it's like you can't actually go back to how that was before. You can't actually go back to the first yeah. barrier and go, Oh, I wish I, you know, I wish I, you know, didn't even do the, do the, the Molokai. I wish I didn't even do it. It's like, no way. You would. You would, yeah. you would never give up that experience and therefore your whole reality, because this is also the big thing that's been coming up in conversations too, um, your reality and what is your reality. Yeah. It's like your reality has actually changed. It's a different reality to what you what you had before you even got on that board and, and paddled out, right? Yeah, or it's maybe just a more, I don't necessarily think it's like a different reality. I think it's just you, you're, I'm a big fan of like, presence and like troll trying to achieve that at least like no one's perfect but you, you like it's almost like a meditative state where you like that's the first time i think in my life where i truly truly felt like no thought about anything other than exactly what i was doing in that moment and it took pushing my body to like that really extreme limit to like experience and feel that and it's wild it's a really almost confronting experience to do that mm. and some people do it through like meditating and they're like you know some people do it, people do it all different ways but man that's like 
being able to like be in your hundred percent reality of like what you are doing right then and there is like very confronting. Yeah, and I mean that's what I that's what I mean about a different reality. Like you realize you have a different like it's a, a different presence of your own self, right? Because it's only you and the board. It's like Yeah. Man, it's only you. It's you're only there with you and your mind or whatever self talk or whatever physical pain you're feeling, but it's like yeah. you realize that, you know, following that, then you have this reflection, I feel, that, you know, your the reality that you have, yes, it hasn't no, it hasn't changed, but your mind has changed somewhat or you've found like a different part of um, being able to be fully present with your daughter or being fully present in any decision you make or any relationship that you have, you know, you've, uh, that's, that's kind of my perception on, on the reality not being the same as it was before. Yeah. I, that's, that's true. I agree. It's like, it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, there's no, like, like in those moments, like in that channel, there's no, like, and people say like, oh, think, you know, you, you'll think of all, like you'll get strength out of all the training you've done or you'll get, you know, you think about, just think about the finish. Like think about the feeling of crossing the finish, how good that feels. Now, all that's a bunch of BS. Like mm. the only thing you could think about is just like, and the only thing when I was like completely present and like actually felt good, even though I was physically so shattered, mm -hmm. was just the feeling of like just thinking, not even thinking, but just feeling, okay, one arm. The next arm, one arm, the next arm, and that's it. Like there's just everything else is blank. Wow. And that was that was a weird realization, I guess. <laughs> but oh, man, cool. That's, that's super cool. That's like super inspirational and also just epic. Like I don't know. I'm just my mind's going to a lot of different places now. But that's really really cool, man. <laughs> um, that's oh, good to hear your mind's going to different places. Oh, well, my mind goes everywhere now. I mean, I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what life's about, there. Like experiences that push your mind to new places that they've never that's never been before. Right? Like, what else is worth living for? You well, can't do that. exactly. And if you take it back to how we started the conversation and talking about your own your own dad, and it was like, okay, you need to go and experience the world how you experience the world. So go and experience it, whatever, whatever, however you mess up or whatever pain you bring upon yourself or whatever wrath, you know, you eventually get from me. It's like, well, you've actually come to those realizations yourself. And then when you have, yeah. you know, these experiences that you're sharing now and you apply that to um, your family life or as a father, it's like, wow, how, how grateful to have all of these experiences to then... Um, have a different realization as to you know your perception on reality for the benefit of you know of your family as well yeah i mean that's yeah, uh, that's really an important thing weird thing totally totally is it's, uh, yeah <laughs> the mind is a wild thing <laughs> at the end of the day cool Man, that's such a cool story to kind of finish up on. I'm just going to like look out the window for a while and just imagine you paddling in the channel. And... That's so cool, man. That's so cool. You could do it. You could do it. Well. Some, uh, one, of, one, one guy, he hasn't done it yet, but one guy that I paddle with sometimes 
said like, oh, like how do you? He doesn't have any kids or anything. He's like, how do you? How do you? How do you get there or whatever? I'm like, you just gotta put the work in. Just keep doing it. Keep paddling. Keep moving your arms. Keep being, yeah, going for that goal that you want to go for, and you'll get there. Like I did it when I had a newborn baby. Like, yeah, you could do it too. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> And I even think that's such a good example of, you know, I mentioned this, I think, in Ed's podcast of this quote from um, Aristotle, the philosopher, the first, like the first principle of things. And, you know, even that whole, the totality of that experience for you and coming down to the point of like your mindset, it's just you, like one arm, your right arm, left arm, right arm, left arm. Um, That's like, you know, that's almost like an analogy for, you know, these decisions that you have to make as to where you are in your life, in your professional life, and what you're questioning in yourself. It's like, okay, unless you're fully present and feeling it from a really deep level as to what you, you're going to do next, then you, your mind just kind of takes over and says, okay, finish up at five and a half, that's enough. Um, so I kind yeah. of see those things really related. Apart from it being a super inspirational, amazing thing to think about that you've done that um, and how that was for you, even on a uh, a different level it's like it's also a, a similar principle when we come across times of our life where we're asking ourselves to change or shift or, or yeah do something different right yeah yeah okay the man of presence yeah well i i'm totally i wake up every morning now like most of the time three thirty in the morning um, but I wake up every morning and I could just sit there for a while and I uh, listen, Sammy, Sammy had some cool things to share about like, um, Wim Hof breathing and breathing and stuff. And basically I'm not, I'm yeah, not like a, awesome. yeah, I'm not like a super intense like person like that. It's like what you said, you know, you know, you know yourself and what works for you and what doesn't and it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. So for me, it's just like I get up in the morning now and I just sit down for like half an hour and I just like do some breathing and then, you know, I might do a little bit of stretching and then jump in the pool and just have a like, that's for me, that's the best start of the day just to get clear and then I can just power out like a whole day doing a million things that I have to do. Um, awesome. But yeah, it's just super cool. Like, so important. I, I'm super grateful for the present, man. Like for, to be fully present in this conversation with you, like I'm super grateful for that. Um so yeah, these are these are great, dude. I think keep them up. I'm keen to hear <laughs> from more of the boys. Yeah, yeah. So on that note, who should we call out, Shelb? Who's next? No one step forward. <laughs> I'm gonna join the rallying cry to get Finn on here. Okay, cool. Finny. I think that guy has um I talked to him a few weeks ago about some work stuff, but beyond work I think he has some really interesting views on the world that we could all hear from. Yeah, cool. All right, I'll put it out there. I'll just keep on like Finn here. This is your, this is your coffin. Yeah, and if not, I'll just ring on the hour, every hour, every day. Like I'll put that out there. I will do that. I'm not, I'm not scared to exactly. do that. <laughs> all right, Shelb. Exactly. Enjoy your painting, right, brother. Have a good rest of your day. Super Thanks grateful for, for the conversation, man. No, me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you soon, brother. See you, bro. Bye.